If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. You long for a deep, fierce love, the stuff of legends. But overwhelm, fear, and doubt keep holding you back. But this is your life and your marriage. This is the legacy you will be remembered for. So we are on a mission to inspire and challenge you to live the adventure of a legendary marriage. This is episode 37 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast, and we're your co-hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. This is the podcast for couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. And we know what it's like to want a great marriage, but not be sure where to start. So each week, we're bringing you inspiration, encouragement, practical ideas, and of course, a challenge that will help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we're going to have a whole lot of fun and laughter along the way. You know what was not funny? What? Was you almost killing me last night? How? Oh, honey, that, that's that wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you didn't mean to almost kill me. You weren't me, supposed but... to know it wasn't. <laughs> Were you really were trying to kill me? <laughs> no, of course not. So Justin's getting out of the shower last night, and I'm like getting ready for bed, and all of a sudden, like within like I'm talking three inches of my foot slam the giant super heavy glass shower door slams to the ground it just like comes off the hinges and all i can yell is look up oh my gosh seriously i was like seconds from being shower meat shower meat i don't know Hmm. smushed by a shower door sounds like an interesting pet name Shower meat. Hey, come here, shower meat. Yeah, it sounds like a sounds like a pet name for a prison. Okay, but no, seriously, this is not funny. I almost died. Like I was seriously rattled. You know, almost only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, tiddlywinks, and atomic bombs. Wow, you know that way too well. So, what's up with sleepwalking? Yeah, what is up with sleepwalking? Our oldest daughter keeps sleepwalking and she's freaking me out. Mm-hmm. She keeps going downstairs. She's crawling into bed with her sister. She made us omelets at three o'clock in the morning. Well, she didn't do that because she's five <laughs> no. and she's not allowed to but use could, the stove. I could go for an omelet right now. I, I could go for a Denver omelet. You know, the kind mm, with the little oh, ham yeah, yeah, cubes. Yeah. Anyway, ham cubes. Yes. <laughs> So Allie keeps sleepwalking. And I'm scared because we're going to go visit my parents and they have super steep steps where her bedroom is right at the top of the steps. And I'm afraid she's going to like sleepwalk and dive down the steps in the middle of the night. No, she's not. Well, anyways, but why can you sleepwalk? Did you ever sleepwalk as a kid or an adult? Do you, isn't a hallmark of sleepwalking not being aware that you're sleepwalking? Well, did your family ever tell you you were sleepwalking? I don't remember. I did. Once or twice, but you know what? Ah, so the genes are on your side. They are on my side, but you know what? I had read an article recently that talks about a great way to calm yourself down to go to sleep. So maybe that'll stop sleepwalking. Yeah, this article is called Six Science-Backed Reasons to Read a Book. Right now. Right now. And it said um, one of the first reasons was reading can chill you out. Like if you're like super stressed out or whatever, read a book. It'll calm you down. I know you like to go for sugar. I like to go for caffeine. Uh, uh, To calm you down? 
Well, you know, I, when, you're like when you're stressed, like when you're stressed, yeah, yeah stress, like when you're like, stressed. We're talking about like trying to trying to relax. Yeah. Um, so one of the reasons was reading can help you sleep better. So I know, honey, that a lot of times lately you've had a lot of stress when you're going to sleep and it can kind of keep you waking back up and waking back up. Maybe you should read a book before you go to bed. Yeah, I could probably stand to read at night. I, it tends to kind of wind up my brain. Really? More than like watching the iPad or getting on your phone? Well, see, I don't read fiction. Mm. Uh, it's always a business book, a leadership book, uh, um, some some skill or or tool kind of a thing. I, I I just I don't read fiction. You know what? Uh, one of the next reasons was self help books can ease depression. Did you know that? Uh, I do. It, it's it it makes you feel optimistic, like change mm-hmm. is possible. So if you're feeling my my inner cynic wants to say that um, it, it's it's not optimism; it's just denial. Oh, geez, honey. Okay, well, maybe that. Um, And then another reason was it could keep your brain sharp and it might even stave off Alzheimer's disease. Yes, speaking of which, and because this runs in my family. Yeah. So So keep reading, honey. Keep reading. Yeah, it runs in my family, so good luck with that. Um, But uh, what was it? Diet, huge factor. In Alzheimer's? People who eat a ton of sugar. There was an article I saw earlier today. Mm-hmm. Sugar correlates with Alzheimer's. Oh, no. But they were just saying, like, even just in general dementia, you know, your brain is is like a muscle organ, whatever. You got to work it out. Same. You know who's so, so good at this? Who? Your mom. She is. She is so intentional about... Um, like she'll eat, she'll, she'll commit to using her left hand with the fork. I know they say like a month yeah, and then she'll switch back or she'll deal cards backwards or like she does these left brain, right brain things. And she does, she just, she reads constantly. It's, she's really intentional about it. Yeah. So if you keep your brain working at an older age, you're going to keep your brain healthy. So did you just call your mom old? Okay, so the next thing was, <laughs> which this is one of my favorite things. Like as a coach, we talk, as coaches, we talk about this quite a bit. Getting lost in a good book can also make you more empathetic, a better emotional IQ. Yes. I, I mean, EQ. Wait. Yeah, EQ. EQ. Yeah. So, Empathetic and... Yeah, yeah, so if you get drawn into a character where you're really like taking on somebody else's feelings and thoughts, yeah. the thought is if you can get lost in a good book and a good character, then you can empathize better with other people in the real world. Yeah, and, and so you're talking about story. All of a sudden, my juices start getting, you know, I get excited because... You know, story is so much of the work that I do uh-huh. in marketing, communications, and sales, and and business development, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because story is a pattern where our brains can easily recognize the pattern and find create meaning out of it. Yeah, and and so um, it it's it absolutely is the most powerful way to engage. In something like that. Yeah. So for all of those reasons, growing by reading, um, 
It's very important. And you know what, honey? Hmm. We should grow together. Yes. I don't, I don't want to grow. Everybody's going to grow. Everybody's going to grow. Everybody You're going to... body grows. <laughs> you, learn, you learn something new every day. But are you going to grow together or are you growing in an opposite direction? That's the thing. Yeah. So check out our freebie we have on legendarymarriage.com. It's called Five Essential Books that will help you build a legendary marriage. And we got some cool stuff over there for you. So check those yes. out. Today on the show, we have Heather Clark, founder of HomeOfficeDetox.com. And she is going to give you some practical examples of decluttering your home and how to make more time, space, and energy for your family. Heather is a mother and a businesswoman who knows the importance of decluttering and organizing as it helps with your financial, physical, mental, and emotional health. She's a firm believer that you don't need more stuff. Rather, use what you already have in more efficient ways. Keep it simple and back to the basics. She's on a mission to bring importance back to relationships and connections, not materialistic items. Welcome, Heather Clark. So here we are today with Heather Clark, the expert guru, amazing woman that's going to talk about decluttering your home and um, put sprinkling magic fairy dust all over everything that she touches. What? Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I love this. And I love the fact of, you know, being able to help the families and, you know, married couples and everything like that to be able to, you know, declutter their, their lives as well. So. I'm oh really, gosh. I'm really hoping that um, you're not focused too much on what might be going on in our home office. I know we're going to talk yeah, about home don't, offices. Don't look. Don't look too closely. <laughs> okay. Am I doing one of these? Put yeah. a blinders it, on. You know what? That's okay. why. That's why the camera didn't want to work. Yeah, because we didn't want Heather to see <laughs> a mess of an office over here. So Heather, tell me how. Tell me a little bit about your business and the story of kind of how you got into it. Okay. Uh, well, I. Started with a local business, which I still actually run to this point. Um, what I actually did was I needed something that I could work around my kids' schedule. So after working with another company, with a cleaning company, I actually decided to start my own company. And with that, I actually decided I wanted to do something online. And I didn't know exactly what, didn't know how. And actually somebody had given me an idea about decluttering and organizing home offices for entrepreneurs because, well, entrepreneurs are online. So yeah, so that actually started just over a year ago and it's been so much fun ever since. And I've actually started to go more full-time in my online business and less in my local business because yeah. I'm just, I'm, yeah, it's so much fun. I'm able to, you know, impact so many more lives. So the, the ultimate goal is to actually go fully online by the end of this year. Wow. Okay. And tell me the name of your business. It's Home Office Detox. Ooh, detox. Man, I feel like we do need that for sure. Now, I want to know what gets you juiced about uh, decluttering? Speaking of detoxes. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of detoxes and decluttering. um, Honestly, I never... like. I'm somebody who actually enjoys cleaning. I didn't realize that this was a weird thing for other people to like (laughs) hear. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you guys are laughing. It's, it's just something. So at the time, like I, you know, if I'm mad, if I'm sad, I'm whatever, if I'm just bored, I'll actually like start decluttering. I'll start, you know, organizing or doing or cleaning up. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my girlfriend had said, she's like, 
you know, you're not the norm, right? Like people don't do this on a regular basis. They don't even know how to start. So yeah, so it's just something that I do and it clears my mind. Like when I'm having like, you know, trying to do business, trying to do something for a client, I just, I just shake up the physical space and I get back to work afterwards because it just, it's something the hands-on physical decluttering. It's awesome. Sure. It sounds like it's kind of therapy to you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Justin, he's got the restorative kind of thing too, when he gets so worked up in his, in his, you know, work or, you know, something's really stressing him out. He's like, I got to get on my motorcycle. So it kind of sounds like that's for you, your, your restoration and like fills you back up. (laughs) Exactly. Well, not only that, but it also clears out the space so that I can stop seeing what's cluttering, like, like visually what's in front of me. Yeah. So, and then be able to start again. So it really helps people focus on the matter at hand instead of being so like, oh, there's a shiny thing. I should read that book or, you know, whatever. Exactly. Or most of it is the, oh, I've got that pile of paper I still need to do. And I've got this and that. And, you know, it's it's always on the mind. Mm, Yeah. It creates all those open loops for me. Yeah. Like I'm looking around right now, trying not to look around. Please. I feel like we should do blinders with this show, like focus on what Heather's saying. We really have to take this in so we can um, make it happen. Um, I, I love the point that you said is like some people just get so overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. Yes. Um, do you have any thoughts for people or advice on just when they're feeling that overwhelm? Where do you start? I say, honestly, like, especially if you're trying, like if you're an entrepreneur or if you're somebody who works from home, start with your desk, clear it completely off, like find a basket or find something completely clear it off. Then from that point, put things back on that you're going to absolutely need right then and there when you're trying to work. Mm -hmm. And if it's at at the house, let's say you're in your kitchen and you've got stuff all over your counter. I say again, clear it off. So put the dishes away, put it's, it's starting fresh and it's just taking those five or 10 minutes to just clear, like wipe the slate clear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering like, so as a family, what's important about decluttering your home as a family? I mean, we know kids, they've got so many toys and, you know, all those kinds of things. Like what's so important about decluttering? I mean, you know, a little mess is bound to happen, at least at our house. Oh, I was going to say, and even in my house, like even, like I said, um, like to one of my girlfriends this past weekend or this past week, I had my kids, my kids go to, are with me a week on week off with dad. And, you know, even I get the clutter, but the thing with decluttering as a family and even getting your kids involved, it actually, as much as people don't see it right away, it actually gives you more time with your family because you're not picking up after. Yes. It's, you're not picking up after, you know, for the half hour. Well, if you've decluttered that stuff and everything always has a space for where it should go. Like my kids know, yes, it was a mess this past week and yes, whatever. But at the end of the night, they had all their stuff, their stuffed toys in their bucket, their Lego away in their Lego bucket, you know, blankets away, this, that, whatever. It's just, it's not having that stress and it's being able to spend more time with your family. You're making my heart sing. <laughs> I'm the neat freak. Between the two of us, I'm the neat freak. It's true. And, and like it is a constant, um, not a battle with you. Right. But it's just, it is a constant battle trying to, trying to, uh, on Fridays, we'll go, okay, we got to get everything cleaned up so we can enjoy the weekend. And it's like, that's my mentality. I can't, with all of the stuff everywhere, I don't know how to, 
tune out that need to have it gone. Yeah. Yeah, And that's the thing. Like a lot of it is uh, sometimes like a lot of it, like with my kids and myself, like there was one point where we ended up, you know, my son was acting out at school. I was having like frustration. So we actually, as a family, I said, that's it. We are, I'm like, everyone's dumping their toy bins. Everyone's dumping their stuff. I dumped some of my uh, drawers and stuff. I said, we're getting rid of stuff that we no longer have like use. And Mm -hmm. after that, it was just a sense of like, and it's involving the children. It's involving everybody in the family Mm -hmm. because it's them taking the responsibility as children. It's you taking responsibility as the parent showing them that they need to do it as well. And you also need to do it as opposed to just saying, Oh, clean up your toys, clean this, do this. As parents, you obviously want to do that, but then you're like, Oh, but when I have that drawer that I need to clean out, I have this that I need to clean out. So it was just literally doing it all as a family. You know what? Uh, I, I noticed, like Justin said, you know, every Friday, he just wants to get everything all cleaned up and whatever. What rhythms would you suggest for a family as far as like, you know, every month you fill up a thing to go to Goodwill or every day you do this or every year you do this? Do you have some kind of, you know, rhythms like that? Uh, yeah. I, well, with my kids, like I said, um, like for me and my kids, it's a once a month usually give or take, like it's, you know, four to six weeks. I'll usually say, okay, what have we not played with or what have we not used in the past month or two, or depending like some of the things is six months. Like I just recently went through my closet and went, I haven't worn half of this stuff. It's going. Yeah. And I do that every, usually I, I personally try and do it every month just because things can add up and add up. Um, but I suggest for a family, like a bigger family, at least doing it three times a year or at least four times a year. Like, so every three months, just going through your stuff and looking like, have I used this in the past three months? No. Okay. Then why do I have it? Okay. That goes away into, you know, donating somewhere so that, that, because a lot of the times with my kids, I said to them, I said, if you're not using it and using the toy, what it's meant to be, then why do we still have it in our possession? Taking up the space for other stuff that, you know, you want for your birthday or for Christmas. Oh, and birthdays and Christmas, we definitely do it before then. Oh, ah. before they get new gifts, you got to clear out yes. some room. Right. Oh, yes. yes. I'm taking notes here. <laughs> Honey, you actually have a recording you can go back and listen to. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like with new families that are just trying to start decluttering, it's like, what happens when you get that fight back from your kids? Is like, I want to keep everything. Or should you just go behind their back and just throw it all in the trash? No, I definitely suggest <laughs> not going behind their back. <laughs> Only because I've done that, yeah, been yeah. there, done that. It didn't turn out well. Yeah. Because surprisingly, even though you think, well, they haven't touched this in a year. It's that one day that they're like, where's this? And then you get a meltdown later. So provide yeah. yourself without the meltdown. Yeah. And each time with my kids, what I said was they needed to, I give them a certain number of things that they have to give me. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, oh, you know, like 10, 15, and then if the, each time that they um, decided to argue back of, or if they acted out or whatever, I said, you just added another five. Oh. You added another five items. Yeah, I know. This is, this is how a declutterer ends up, <laughs> you know, dealing with the kids acting out. And then but, you ever just make it disappear and then it comes back later or it's gone forever? No, I tell them that it's gone. 
I tell, they know they come with me most of the time. And we actually, like the last time they literally came with me to the uh, secondhand store that we went and brought it to. I said, listen, you're taking your stuff. You're taking like to both my son and my daughter. I said, you both are grabbing your stuff and giving it away. I said, you need to get into the habit of this process of where we're taking this stuff and why. Yeah. I like the why too. Yeah. I'm so curious. Yeah. So what, what motivates your kids to want to like really get into it and do it and give it away and all that? Like, is there something in their little souls that kind of is like, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. Because they know, like, uh, especially when it's my son growing up, like when he, his books, like the bigger one, the biggest one that I had to sit down with him with is his books because, you know, he had a whole bunch of books and I said, listen, you are way past his reading level. Why don't we give these books to another kid who can read them that may, you know, at the secondhand store, you know, give it away to another little child that can use this and learn just the way you learned Mm -hmm. how to read and stuff like that. So yeah, so he grabbed all the books and everything like that. He actually barely has any books now that he's done that. But you know, his daughter or his sister, sorry, my daughter, um, we gave her a few of them, like his favorite ones when he was learning to read, he gave them to his sister, but for the most part, he gave majority of them away. I feel like our oldest daughter would be really motivated because I'm sure it's different for each kid by money. Like I've, I, I said, like oh, if, we go yes. to the, if we go to the secondhand store and I tell her, oh, you know, if we sell it for $10 or something, she could keep the $10. I think she would be pretty much all about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, like, mind you, my son is money motivated, no doubt, because he actually, I owed him like $5. I gave him three out of the five because I did, that's all the change I had at the time. He reminded me the next day, don't forget you owe me $2. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, I see you're money motivated. I get it. Yeah. And uh, do you all have any rules about bringing things into your house? Because I know I can be as guilty as any is like going to Target and be like, oh, yeah, that's a cute little thing. And we'll get that. And then really, you know, two weeks later, you're like, why did I buy that? That was just a thing (laughs) chunking up the corner over there. Yeah, well, I was gonna say that's just me. I don't like to shop, so I'm not there often. But when I do, like if I actually do need something, Mm-hmm. I do a one in one out. Okay. So if I'm bringing something in, something needs to leave because obviously I can't wear like, especially clothes. Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm not wearing them all at the same time. And I don't need like a huge closet full of clothes because like I said, I actually just went recently through the stuff and I'm like, I don't use half the stuff and the stuff that I do have for like dressy occasions. That's fine. That stays mm-hmm. in the closet. But the stuff that I wear on a day-to-day basis if I buy something new for that, something needs to go. Now, I, I'm, I'm not trying to slam some of my feller, fellow sisters here, but, you know, I know a lot of ladies can fall into that trap of like, you know, it's funny when we go look, we like to go look through construction houses. That's one of our things. <laughs> we just like to do that or like go through like the show homes and things like that on the weekends. That's, you know, our free date. But anyway, we see these master closets and they're like huge. And then the, the oh ladies God. side is like a whole wing of the house is like their closet. And then the guys like 10 get, by 20 feet. Yeah. And, I don't. And then I, the guys get like a little shoe closet. If they get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. And uh, I'm wondering, I'm like, really? Who's got, like, why do you need this many clothes? Like, I would, yeah, I don't know. Any advice See, to the ladies out there that are just filling up their giant closets? Well, I know a lot. Of, I was going to say, actually, I had a couple of local clients that were that 
were basically that. I was like, where, where's your husband's stuff? Oh, he gets my son's, half my son's dresser. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> so he has to go to, to another room to go get his clothes to go get dressed in the morning? <laughs> I was like, your Wake husband loves you. Excuse yeah, me. Exactly. Get my clothes. <laughs> yeah. So with that one, what it was, what a, I've seen a lot with, especially my local clients is there's that attachment to those clothing because, well, I spent so much with on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this one still has the tag. So mm-hmm. therefore you have never worn it. Why? Like, yes, you spent all that money, but it's still going to waste when you don't actually wear it. Right. So it's actually going through your closet and understanding that some of that stuff you don't wear. So why are you keeping it? Why are you letting it take, you know, real estate in your closet and not allowing your husband to go in this closet? Or I know some guys, I know a guy, one of my clients, I said to him, I said, I need to sit with you because you have way too many clothes. You have more clothes than I ever have in my entire life. Mm -hmm. So sitting down with him, because I know that he doesn't wear half the stuff. It's just you know, when we go through transitions and, you know, especially with people who are, you know, they've lost weight or they've gained weight, or I might, you know, fit back into those clothing, you know, that clothes again and stuff like that. It's keeping that because of the attachment to them. But the problem with that is when we get attached to things, it's, it's taking a toll on our mental and our emotions. Yeah. It's like robbing your joy. Yeah. And that's exactly it. So you always have that thought of, oh, look how skinny I was, or, you know, you're, you're playing on your mind. Like, so if you actually got rid of that stuff and you didn't have to see it all every day you walked into your closet, mm. then it'd actually be better for you. That's why I try and tell my clients, I was like, you need to just declutter that. Like you're eventually like, or sell the clothes, at least find somebody to sell the clothes. So you get a little bit of that money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is the process you said for your office? You advise them just to like clear it off start from, start from a a clean slate. What do you suggest for a closet? I definitely suggest, um, like working with their closet and stuff like that, taking out, like giving yourself a certain amount, like a certain, that was English, certain (laughs) number (laughs) of items. So if you know, like if you look in your closet and you can easily say that somebody has, let's say 40 tank tops, Mm -hmm. give yourself a number to pull it down to. So let's take that 40 and actually bring it down to 20. Mm -hmm. Then when you get those 20, say, Hey, can I actually bring it down to 15? Because really 15 tank tops, let's say you wear one tank top a day. That's still over two weeks worth of tank tops. And I'm guaranteeing you're probably not wearing a tank top every single day. Right. So taking that 40, giving yourself a number to go break it down, which usually I say in half. Mm -hmm. And then let's say if you can, you know, take a few more off. This episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast is brought to you by the Legendary Marriage Intensive. Rediscover the heart of your marriage. If you love each other, but you've lost heart, then it's time for the Legendary Marriage Intensive. A beautiful mountain lodge, three days of clarity, purpose, adventure, and renewing your love for each other as you forge friendships and transform your marriage forever. We'll help you look at the story of your relationship with fresh eyes so that you can fall in love all over again and resolve some of those long-standing and recurring conflicts while you craft a clear, fresh vision for the next season of your marriage and your family. Oh, and you'll have some epic adventure in the mountains. 
and a romantic night on the town. It's deep, rich learning, adventure, and plenty of laughter. That's the focus as you forge friendships and build the skills and tools to transform your marriage and your family forever. October 19th through 22nd, Breckenridge, Colorado, and we only have limited space. So find out more and apply at legendarymarriage.com slash intensive. If you have questions, email us at Danielle and Justin at legendarymarriage.com. And now back to our interview with Heather Clark. Yeah, I like that. I'm just wondering, I'm like, what, um, what do you think, what is the biggest challenge that you've seen families face as far as decluttering and getting organized? You know, do you have any like horror stories? Like have you, have you ever gone into like a hoarder's house or anything? Um, I actually, that is one, like with hoarders, I have gone into houses. I actually grew up with somebody who was a hoarder. This is probably why I do what I do. Anyways. Um, oh, that is a good insight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just because I know when it gets that, because with physical clutter, it's a consequence of other things that are going on. Mm. So when it gets to the physical part, there's something else going on. And that's why I'm trying to, you know, get my clients to clear out the physical part so that we can, you know, maybe look more and take, like identify what else is going on that caused all that physical clutter. Sometimes, you know what, like I said, with families, it's just, you're getting, you know, day-to-day stuff. You've got daycare, you've got after school activities, those little bits of clutter that are like a little bit is fine, but hoarding is actually it is actually an emotional and psychological thing. And I, I don't have the background like school wise to be able to help those, but with people who, you know, yes, do have way too much stuff. They are looking to do something about it. Mm-hmm. They just don't know where to start that those people I can definitely help because yeah. I know where like, you know, I can look at a room and say, okay, let's start here or let's start there or let's, you know, figure out. Usually I try and say, let's start neutral. Mm. By that, I mean something that's not going to remind you of, you know, a past grandparent or past parent, something that's not going to remind you of your childhood. So things that are neutral are usually like papers, um, usually things like books. Some books can be very neutral. Some knickknacks that people just, they don't even know why they even got it. Yeah. But yeah, starting neutral helps because it starts you into the process and getting like the actual physical part of it actually decluttering it and yeah. then once your body and your mind and everything you've gotten used to that you know gotten to that habit that's when I say move on to the stuff that you know has sentimental value I love how you said the knickknacks that you don't even know why you bought them. And like, I look at your website and it's beautiful. And it's got this beautiful home and it's like, has just the right amount of decor and everything. And I struggle with this sometimes. Like, I feel like, yeah, the mess kind of can take over sometimes. But then if I really super clean it out, I am the type of person that I will pitch everything in sight, like every piece of decor, every knickknack until the walls are just bare. And then I'm like, wait, this doesn't even look like a home anymore. You're like, wait, wait, wait. Now I look like I'm selling the house. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's, that's how Danielle grew up. In my home, my parents were both born into the Depression era. And so like everything has value. We once moved them from from a big house into a condo and i moved a, a box 
that was, I don't know, probably 24 inches deep by 36 inches wide by, you know, a foot and a half tall. And it was just filled with pens. Oh, wow. Like pens that you would get at a car dealership or the doctor's office or whatever. It was just pens. Wow. That's a, that's a big box of pens. It was a huge box of pens. Like it was a heavy. box. But, but the, I say, I say that just to illustrate the point, like, like, I grew up in this environment where it was everything has some kind of value mm-hmm. and, and it, it, it kind of, it can, it can hold you captive, but it, but it's also, there's, there's some truth to it. Like, how do you park? Oh, and everything does, everything does have a value. There's no ifs, ands, or buts that everything has a value. The value is negated when you're not putting those box full of pens to use. Right. Right. It's when you're not wearing those clothes that you bought a year ago. It's mm-hmm. when you're not using those, that China, like another one that I have is a lot of people get, you know, their China dishes from grandparents or, you know, yes, it has value. But if you've got it stored in a box, you're not displaying it. You're not enjoying it the way it's supposed to be. Then you're not giving it its value. Mm. You're robbing the the China of its joy and its purpose. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. Like my grandfather, so he had like, my grandparents had China. And when he, before my grandmother passed first, then it was him. And he had decided, listen, whoever is getting this is going to use it. I mm. do not want it sitting the way it did in my house. Mm. You are going like, if you're going to take this, you are going to use it. So my sister actually took it because she's like, yeah, I'll use it. Like, Great. Like, are you sure? Like, yes, mind you, China, most of the China cannot be put in a dishwasher. So she was willing to actually hand wash it. Yeah, Yeah, that's tricky. But (laughs) she had, in order for her to get it, she had to promise him that she would actually use it on a day-to-day basis and use it for its purpose. Now you talked about like displaying China, you know, some people have like the China hutch or the China cabinet or anything like that. And, you know, those are the kind of things that make your house beautiful, but they may not necessarily serve a function. Like how do you balance between I'm feeling peace and joy in this clean space and, you know, it feels warm and cozy because I've got tchotchkes and knickknacks and frames and, you know, all that. So where do you find that balance? It depends on the paper. Like there are some people that can deal with, you know, bare minimal out, but they have those, you know, storytelling items. That's usually what I say. If it's a storytelling item, you should not have it in a box. I have another client that she kept something because her grandmother gave it to her, even though it's not her taste, but because her grandmother gave it to her, it was like, okay, well, I guess I should keep this. But again, it's not giving that value to that item because she doesn't enjoy it like her grandmother did. What you enjoy is different from what I enjoy and what's different from somebody else. But to keep the things that actually have stories, yes, I totally agree. But don't keep those things in a box. Speaking of grandparents, this is something that I'm finding that some of um, some people that are our age are dealing with parents that are like, maybe like having to move on to the next stage of like living in a retirement home or they're downsizing or, you know, maybe a spouse has passed away or something. What um, advice do you have for adult children dealing with 
cleaning out their parents' homes. Or grandparents. Or grandparents. Or grandparents, yeah. 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 So when they're still alive. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there's a difference between the, when they're still alive and when they have passed. Because when they have passed, there needs to be that um buffer is what I call it, that you need to deal with, you know, the emotional part of it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, that's when we can go and declutter and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If they're still alive. And they're just moving, you know, downsizing from, you know, the, the family home to maybe a condo or the retirement home. That's, again, something that's very difficult. But what, depending on the situation, again, every, everybody's situation is totally different. But if it's just a parent that, you know, let's say it's your parent that you just, they need to be in a retirement home, not because they need to take care of because they're, you know, um, they've got Alzheimer's or anything like that. If they're just, you know, they want a retirement home, they no longer want to mow the lawn or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Then that's when you would actually ask them, what do you want to keep and bring with you? Mm-hmm. Because the, re- and actually say to them, because the rest of it, we are going to handle and we are probably going to declutter majority of it because mm-hmm. we don't need this in our lives. We've got our stuff. Your other children or your other grandchildren may not need it. Like, you know, we can maybe grab, you know, our favorite thing when we remember when you were, when we were kids or whatever, but other than that, take them and say, this is what we're going to do. And, and be frank about it. Be like, this is what we want to do. We don't want to upset you if we're going to get rid of something that you really, really want. So I want you to take that with you. Or who do you want to have that, that will respect its value? So just kind of give them the first wave of like, okay, you can take what you want. And then you're not going to know really, you know, but, what happens to the rest. And I love the way you, yeah. you use just the term declutter. Like we're going to declutter things, not yes. we're going to throw all your crap in a dumpster and light it on fire. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. Like you've got to be sensitive about it because this is stuff that they've had their entire lives. And, you know, like even with my grandfather, I remember when we were moving him from, you know, the, the home that we remember, which we called the cottage downsizing and stuff like that. I kid you not, we found everything and a kitchen sink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And not the kitchen sink we used, a kitchen sink up in the, like the attic that we had. And it, yeah, it was crazy. It's a backup kitchen sink. It, was, it really was. So it's <laughs> things like that. Like you don't realize how much can actually accumulate over the years, over the decades until you actually have to deal with it. Yeah. So that's why I say people to like tell my families and tell my clients, like, make sure you're doing this on a regular basis so that you're not 10 years from now having to downsize and going, yeah, oh my goodness, what do we have to move? Yeah. You know what? My parents are chronically doing this. They'll say, now, when we're, we're dead or crazy, you're not going to want to have to deal with all this stuff. So we're just going to get rid of all of it now. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> And you I told my kids, and you're like, where's all your stuff? You know, they're like, well, whatever. You won't have to deal with it. I mean, they're like in their early 60s. So it's like, mom, I don't you, think you still have many now. years to go. Yes. <laughs> don't well, you? And to the point where they're like decluttering Danielle's stuff. They're like, oh, we found this used business card with a note on the back of it from when you were in high school. You need to get this out of our house. Come and get it. That's like, awesome. That was my first love note. What do you mean? You throw it away. But you know, that's, that's, a good thing. that's a good thought too, is like, what about, um, you know, taking up real estate or taking up space in relatives' homes? Like, you know, you clean out mom's house and then now you've got a whole basement full of her stuff or... You know, when you left from college, you left the whole basement full of junk for your parents. It's like, yep. 
that's not really super fair, but I mean, I feel like that's something that goes on quite a bit. Well, not only that, but how many people actually buy a separate storage unit to oh, store their stuff? Oh yeah. my gosh. What's that's your view on storage right unit? Yeah. What is your view yeah. on storage units? Um, if and only if you are in a transition, shall you have a storage unit? <laughs> yes. Like I had a storage unit, but that's because I went from moving into a home into another home and I needed that buffer that I put the storage in for, I think I had it for like two or three months when I got a place of my own, took all the stuff out of the storage unit and now it's in my home. Yeah. Yeah. I love months that. being the key here. Yeah. yeah. Months, not years and not having two separate, like there's actually, um, uh, it's, uh, I can't remember George Carlin. He has a, a skit on stuff. So if you look at that up YouTube on George Carlin's <laughs> stuff, okay. I laughed because he talks about stuff and how we move it from one place to the other. And oh my goodness, our stuff is one thing and other people's stuff is, you know, a swear word that I won't say because it's a family podcast. <laughs> sure. But he also talks about storage units. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he talks about storage units and that too. And that's, and if you look at the stats of how much money, let's just talk about the financial clutter that you're spending on these storage units or mm -hmm. these extra rooms that you no longer use because they're full of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're heating that room. You're using your air conditioning for that room, for what? Yeah, yeah. That's I. You know, I, I'm not sure. I want to do the math on that someday. <laughs> how much? How much money you waste just by you know buying things that you don't need, or you know having to throw things out that you know you've ruined because they've gotten smushed in the bottom of a pile for a year, and you know things like that. Here's or what about checks that you have under a pile of paper that you could have cashed from the government or from, you know. Wow. Do you find things anywhere. like that? Yep. Yeah. Mm. And then do yep. you shove them in your pocket and go, that's my tip? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'd say about 98% of the time they've actually expired. Oh, so they can't even cash them. Yeah. So I've, I've literally showed the client. I'd be like, this was a, like, I know one of them was like $138. Another, like even with Costco, like, you know how Costco, I don't know if um, you guys have the, if you're a premium member, you get money back yeah. from Costco. Well, if you, you have to use those checks within a certain amount of time. Yeah. Well, I had somebody who had three different checks expire because they didn't use them within that time frame. And I said, do you realize that $60 plus another $30 plus another this much that you had in free money? That's and a I whole lot of toilet paper you could have had. Exactly. I said, <laughs> had you had a system in place, you know, where you take this, you put it into like, you know, an in and out box is what I usually call them, but mm -hmm. where you know where it is, you could have used that. Yeah. Mm. So Especially for families, that's like a diaper. That's a box of diapers at Costco that you could have had. And man, you get a lot in those diapers. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So I'm just wondering in wrapping up here for those families that are feeling super inspired at the moment, they're like, yeah, I want that peace. I want that joy that Heather's talking about there. Um, what advice would you give them on just getting started for tackling their whole home and getting their family on board? Uh, give yourself one of two things. Either do start with 15 minutes a day 
everybody. So each person takes their own 15 minutes and does their own space Mm. each day. And you have to schedule it in. Like, so you can call it our 15 minute declutter as a family. So everyone does like a breakup, do the decluttering, bring it into a center box or bin or whatever that's going to be donated Mm-hmm. or recycled or shredded or whatever it needs to be. But in a center thing, so you see how much is actually being decluttered as a family or also set yourself. If you can't do those 15 minutes or if it just seems like too much or whatever, make yourself five items, five items a day to declutter yeah. and have that box in the center where you're going to walk in and walk out. So don't put it in somewhere where you're never going to see it again. So in your front door, or if you come in through the garage door, have that box there every week, take that box, donate it or remove it from the home. Mm, I love it. Um, Heather, man, so much wisdom for, for families out there. I feel yes. like, I feel like a lot lighter. Like I've, I, I'm ready to tackle the house. Are you uh, honey? Yeah, I was, um, I'm excited <laughs> I'm like, about that. I can't wait for that. Yes. I am excited about it. No, and I'm also kind of, yeah. Terrified. Because where you want to start is often the last place I want to start. You mean your, your, your crazy town over there on that side of the office? I'm not crazy. Leave me alone. <laughs> and that's why I say everyone start with their own stuff. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> start with your own stuff. All right. Well, thank you yeah. so much for being on the podcast today, Heather. And how can our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me at homeofficedetox.com or I'm Heather E. Clark on Facebook. Excellent. And we will include all that in the show notes for our listeners. Yeah. And Perfect. they can jump on there and get even more wonderful tips um, on how to get going on decluttering their home. Thank you so much, awesome. Heather. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And as you could tell, I could talk about it all day. I have so much respect for Heather and what she does with decluttering and inspiring others to do the same. I admittedly, I am going to go on the podcast and admit I cause clutter and I don't tackle it. What? At every turn. How long has this been going on? (laughs) If you see the side of my bed... Pile of clothes. I try not to. (laughs) I try not to. You see my desk right now? Um, No, I can't see your desk right now, actually. I'm just admitting. It's buried under crap. I'm being authentic and just saying I'm owning up to the fact. But it it feels like my deficit where I fall short is that, you know, the everything has its place kind of a thing. Everything doesn't have a place in my world. So then I get frustrated that there's crap everywhere, but I don't know where to put it. Yeah. So. Well, you know, I think those two things go hand in hand. Like, it, like if, if, that, if everything has a place and you put it in its place, then you don't have crap laying around that you get upset about. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I get bent out of shape when you just grab whatever towel and do whatever you want with it. I think everybody's towel is my towel. That is not sanitary. <laughs> that is not like no, no. <laughs> like we were staying with Danielle's parents a while ago, and there's a towel that says Danielle's mom's name on it <laughs> in like giant neon sequined glory. You can't miss it. And Danielle just grabs it and uses it. 
They had to her have mom's it. like, where's my towel? Oh my gosh, she's like digging through the whole house, thinks burglars snuck in in the middle of the night and stole her towel. No, nope. We Danielle. staged a towel intervention for me. Yes. Danielle. It didn't work. You're stealing all our towels. But you know what? I love how she said when she gets stressed or like she, she just sees there's clutter everywhere and she needs to like, you know, clear her mind or you know, whatever, she cleans and she declutters. I want to do that to my email inbox right now. You I want do? to like Would select that be therapeutic? all and delete. Like <gasps> just select everything and delete it. Well, I don't think that's decluttering. That's just ignoring your responsibilities. You, no, it's not. <laughs> Most 99% of it is just junk. What about that 1% though? They'll email back. <laughs> they probably will. They'll harass you. Um, but she did make a good point about um, just clearing the distractions. Yeah. Like the clutter really represents distractions. And you said in the interview, like open loops going on in your head. Absolutely. Like there's always something in the background going, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need yes. to do this. But if you just and have the blank slate, you can just focus on what's at hand. Whether it's, you know, writing your emails or doing a project or, you know, doing something with the kids. It's like if you have that blank slate, you can just focus in. Yeah. And it's it's clutter represents energy. There, there's just it's if if it's if the desk is cluttered, the floor, the kitchen, mm-hmm. the whatever, mm-hmm. it, it 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 just it, it sounds weird. I'm not a big feng shui energy grid type person, mm-hmm. but there's something about it. Yeah, there is. Yes, there's the the mindset stuff around around mental clutter and and everything. But there's something energetic. Mm-hmm. When you go into a space that's cluttered, whether it's yours or somebody else's. I if it's cluttery, I just I can't focus. I'm just I feel twitchy and itchy and. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you come into some place and it's just clean and the serene. way it should be mm-hmm. it's i can it, it, there's peace and rest there and you can create from that space and i can create from that space yeah yeah it's a true blank blank canvas kind of a thing like you like you are yeah. the artist and you know the part of the conversation that really stuck out for me is how much responsibility we have as parents to model and teach uh, decluttering to our kids, not mm-hmm. just from the standpoint of, I don't want to step on crap all the time. Right. But from the, what I'll call the stewardship perspective. Mm. Like this is the thing that, that makes it so valuable for me. I, I don't want to have everything in the world. Mm-hmm. I, I want to have, I've gotten to the place in my life where I want to have nice things. I want to have good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want it to last. Yeah. And so like, uh, to me, the, that responsibility of decluttering is, is really about taking care of what you have, stewarding it well. Right. And that's one of our legendary marriage values is stewardship. So take care of what you have. Mm-hmm. Even our marriage, honey, take care of what you have. Yeah. Steward me well, honey. Oh, I'll steward you. <laughs> Is that some kind of naughty English kind of reference? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but the, then the other piece of it is is really about uh, what she said about how 
it, it's so true. When there's clutter, mm-hmm. there's less time. Yeah. Like how much time do we spend harassing the kids to like pick up their stuff? It's, it's and- not even that. It's yes. But how much time do we spend cleaning up the kitchen because we don't, we don't plan out mm-hmm. and prepare stuff ahead of time? Sure. So it's like, it's another place where we need to bring more intentionality. And we've started doing some of that with more meal planning and meal prep on Sundays and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We, we haven't done a good job the last couple of weeks, but um, it's instead of creating the, that clutter and the, the messes, mm-hmm. be more intentional about uh, clean as you go and, and stewarding the time mm-hmm. as well as the stuff. I like how she also spoke to the rhythms too about like, you know, once a quarter... You know, go ahead and declutter or before birthdays or Christmas, declutter Um, or just have a quota of like, let's get five things that we put in a basket this week or whatever. I Um, I love the before Christmas and birthdays. Yeah. It's like, you know, there's toys that they they just don't play with and stuff that we just don't use anymore. Mm -hmm. and, And it's just sitting there. And why have it? Yeah. And, um... I love what she talks about, you know, Justin, the lover of the story. Display and keep things that hold a story that are important to you, not just random crap from Target. I mean, I love Target. Don't get me wrong. Yes. And I don't think their stuff is crap. But um, if your things have a story, that's why we always like to buy like a T-shirt when we go somewhere. Because it's like, it has a story. It's not some random Hanes t-shirt. Like, it was from our vacation or, you know, whatever. Hold on to pieces that have a story. I like it. This week's challenge is for you and your spouse to declutter one room in your house. Save the stuff that tells a story and declutter one area in your home. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Then come <laughs> join the conversation in our free community over on Facebook. Yeah, it's a private group for men and women to support, encourage, inspire, and share about transforming their marriage from ordinary to legendary. You can find us over there by searching for Legendary Marriage in the Facebook groups or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community. Yeah, and you can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 037. And don't forget to jump on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary.